0: Leadership File, on Premier. Welcome to the Leadership File, I'm Andy Peck, host of the programme that aims to change the way you lead. I'm joined this week by Chris Stoddard, the founder of Lead Academy, which helps church leaders to work on their leadership with a unique approach. Rather than offering one-off conferences or events, they invite church leaders to work together on a two-year journey, meeting once every six months for input and reflection. So, Chris, I'm looking forward to hearing how things have been developing. It's welcome back to Leadership File.
1: Thank you very much. Good to be with you.
0: I think um, when we last spoke, I think you'd just come back off sabbatical. You'd cycled from John O'Groats to Land's End. Was that right?
1: Yeah, the other way around, actually. That was another oh, the the way. way uh, yeah, yes. uphill. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: fantastic. Yeah, well, great to... Um, to to chat with you about the lead academy mm. um, is is there a core idea or thought that continues to motivate you uh, as you uh work with lead academy
1: yeah i think so um i think that uh, we set off w- with the, the vision really to help churches fulfill the vision that god had given them and conscious that many churches these days have mission statements or purpose statements. But actually, many people within the church, including the leadership team, often don't know what that is. or I said, we, we've got to look that up somewhere, you know, and have got no strategy in place to actually fulfil that. So that's what really motivates, motivates us, is to help churches to really be the best that they can be. Splendid.
0: So your charity is an example of, of leadership in itself, because you had that a period when you were asking what next after the end of uh, Run, which was reaching the
1: Unchurched Network, which which was quite a, a challenging time for you. It was, certainly. And a big decision to bring something to the end, which in a sense still had a, a future, but we felt that that was the right time to do that. And uh, I think, you know, you can't just assume that God wants you to carry on doing the the same thing f- forever. There's nothing sacred about organisations. I mean, you could even say that about individual churches. Where now is the church at Ephesus or at Antioch or, you know, churches that, that were beacons in their time? The gospel doesn't change, but the way that we... Actually, uh, operate and our strategic plan to, to uh, see the kingdom come. Um, that that has to change. Yeah.
0: So unpacking uh, Lead Academy first of all, um, it's you know, it's not it's not a university. It's not you don't have kind of lecturers who are you know taking people through degree courses. So describe how how Lead Academy is or you know, what a Lead
1: Academy is in terms of personnel. Okay. Well, what we wanted to do is create something that. ...provided um, uh, an opportunity for churches to come together with other like-minded churches... And uh, and particularly the leadership teams. So we only work with leadership teams. We uh, you can't just come as a, a vicar or a pastor or a minister on your own. Um, so we bring a team together from maybe uh, seven, eight, uh, sometimes ten different churches. So there perhaps be fifty or so of us in a uh, together at any one time. We work for a couple of years at least with each church uh, or with each group of churches, meeting uh, for two days uh, roughly every six months. And uh, working through some key issues, uh, helping churches to think through what God has called them to do. And it's a challenging um, uh, time for many of them. It's, it's great fun as well, but it, it's actually getting to the real core of what we're about, why we exist and, and what God's called us to do. So we have input, certainly, uh, but it's not like a traditional conference where all the wisdom is up the front and whoever's speaking, it's, it's uh, shared learning, really.
0: Sure, so you have a few kind of wise and learned folk who come in to give occasional lectures... to that that gathered group, but most of it is discussion?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Each one uh, varies in terms of the actual percentage of what we do, but we would have input maybe 30 minutes maximum at a time from a faculty from all over the world, actually. We Skype people in by live Skype, or we use videos, or we have guest speakers, or we do some stuff ourselves. And then we process it in teams and uh, work through different creative uh, exercises where folk can say, what does this mean for us?
0: Well, um, we're going to kind of unpack a little bit about the the nuances of that as we we go through the the interview. So tell me about the broadness of a denominational spread. In other words, do you find you're working mostly with churches who do not have a a structure of you know bishops or superintendents apostles for thinking through strategy or do actually do do you have denominations as well as as free church
1: yeah absolutely it it is literally very broad um we are working with a whole range of uh, uh church backgrounds a lot of church of england churches a lot of baptist a lot of vineyard churches a uh, lot of independent churches methodist pentecostal um right across the board to be honest and it's uh, it works both with denominational settings and with independent ones um, because, yes, c- certainly a uh, lot of denominations have a structure in place where they have an apostolic sort of oversight. But actually that's often as much as any they, they can offer. It's, it's an oversight and they can't give the amount of time and resources and uh, often the creativity that's needed uh, to work with a large group of churches over a, a long period of time. So it is very broad. We work at the moment currently with about um, 170 churches, I believe. Uh, about, that represents about 500 uh, leaders that we've actually been working with over the last four years.. Wow.
0: Um, and to what extent do you have a kind of a, a kind of a, an approach that you want to um, encourage? And to what extent do people bring their agenda to you, and then you you play with it? I mean, presumably there, there might be occasions where someone someone has an approach, and you have to say that's crazy or that that's not going to work or whatever. So, uh, g- give me a, an insight into your kind of heart as a as a movement and and what people bring to it.
1: Yeah, there are certainly times when people c- c- come <laughs> with some cra- crazy ideas, and you have to try and be gracious <laughs> but that's part of the part of what we do we try to be robust with people and we're honest and open and and it's not just us as leaders actually doing that the whole group is robust with one another and uh, so there is an accountability and we get people to feedback and they share their ideas and their hopes and dreams and we say to, to the rest of the group hey what do you think about this and some people say well that'll never work or that's a great idea yeah, we can do that and so forth we're very hot on not promoting a single model saying do this and you're church will grow I, you know from my own experience I I was a a pastor of a church all the way through the sort of uh, uh, 90s and into the 2000s and pretty much every year there was a guaranteed programme came up that you do this and your church will grow and some of them were great things but you know none of them were the panacea that, that sort of made everything okay so we want to expose people to the best practice, to great stories, uh, to great ideas. Um, but in the end, what we're trying to do is find churches that have got a heart for God and saying, how can we help you to fulfill what God has called you specifically to do? Uh, so we aim for churches that are uh, intentional about mission. That, that, that's the bottom line, really. And if a church isn't intentional about mission and about growing, and growth means many different things, I, I appreciate um, then this isn't for them, really.
0: Um, and I'm interested in whether a ch- a church leaders might come with ideas and questions and thoughts that you've you've not thought of, and nobody else seems to be thinking of. And then some of those might be incorporated into your thinking so that when people have ideas you're able to say well have you tried this
1: is that has that happened to some degree oh it happens to a great extent actually yes and of course the more more churches you work with the more creative and innovative ideas uh, that you get with that and what's happening now actually is a lot of uh, the leaders that have been through and finish their uh, time with us with Lead Academy. We're now using them as guest speakers, or we're, we're finding some great stories, and we we use them to speak to other groups, and that that's happening um, a lot at the moment. So there's some great stories out there, great um, insight, and we're trying to pick the best of those. And so we constantly find... We had this great idea that once we'd done a few of these, it'd be very easy. We just pull, pull off the programs off the yeah. computer, and it, it, you know we'd be able to sit back and just do you it. Know, that absolutely doesn't happen. You know every single group is uh, is different and their needs are different
0: now th- th- here's a question you may may or may not be able to answer therefore because uh are you able to be specific about those do any come to mind i appreciate it a bit maybe a bit like saying you know which is your favorite child but because uh, you've got because all the churches are valuable and they're all at different stages but are there any particular ones you think yeah that was that was special i remember that moment when they shared what they do
1: um uh, yeah um i mean there 's a lot really in in one sense and uh, uh I just love one we, we we're working with a, a great church called the forge out in um, uh, uh, near Stowmarket, and uh, they've actually finished their, their time with us. But we often use their stories because they've just grown from uh, just a, a little family, um, just out in the sticks, really, uh, in the countryside. And uh, just just grown to a church that's, I think, around 500 now and nearly yeah. all with new uh, new converts. But I just, just loved it. I went to visit them a little while back and noticed they've got a, a poster on the the wall. Of their office, and um, it was advertising a new ladies' group that was going to start, but it was nothing like any ladies group i 'd ever seen because it, it had got these pictures of like um, from top gear a stig type person, <laughs> and it says some say Ladies can't drive, so it's come <laughs> and prove them wrong. And so they'd, uh, they they got a day of combine harvester racing no. on a farm nearby, <laughs> and uh, uh, and driving pickup trucks with, with, with filled with water. And, uh, uh, this was just for women only, you know. Come <laughs> and apparently this was absolute, uh, just a brutal experience to bring people in, you know. And then they had to, coffee and cake to finish. <laughs> and I just thought, what a great. Uh, picture you know to, right. to, to do that oh, fantastic
0: you, that, that's something that could be certainly franchised across the across the country um it, it might help our, if you've got a combine well homes. indeed yeah, it might it might might help the ailing agricultural industries to some extent yeah yeah um okay so i'm going to ask you a little bit maybe unpack a little bit some of the the kind of problems and issues that local churches are facing and looking to tackle this this may be um something that we could have predicted perhaps but maybe maybe actually you've discovered actually
1: uh,
0: at the heart of you know, some of these uh, are issues that you wouldn't have expected
1: yeah when we started off with uh, uh lead academy we we did quite a bit of research in fact we spent nearly a year actually we had some funding to to do some research and because we wanted to make sure that we were going to create something that was actually going to make a difference and not just something we could do to be honest you know um and there were four or five things, that key issues that really came out, uh, and they have been the basis, actually, um, uh, of uh, all the input that, that we have. And those were um, issues such as uh, culture change. How do you identify and how do you change the culture of the church? Because, actually, if you don't change the culture of the church, uh, then you can have the best programme in the world, but nothing will really happen long term. So we do stuff on culture, culture. Um, the whole thing on purpose and uh, purpose uh, uh, setting. How do you set the purpose of the church? How do you discover why we, God has called us to be here at this time? Not just our history, but what is the purpose for being here right now? And uh, that's a huge issue. Because if we're not sure on that, then we just go with the latest programme that com- comes along. We do things on leadership and how do you develop leaders, Um, that are uh, going to see the church through into this next phase and the next season. What if you've got the wrong leaders in place? How do you identify leaders? Uh, We look at mission, of course. I mean, the whole thing is missional, but we specifically look at mission. And this is contextual mission. So what does mission look like where God has placed our church at this time? Uh, And then discipleship. And what does that mean in a a world where maybe on average people only come every three weeks to a a church service.
0: We're listening to Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Chris Stoddard, the founder of Lead Academy, and we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Chris Stoddard, the founder of Lead Academy, which helps uh, church leaders to work on their leadership with a a unique approach. They bring together... um, uh, Groups of leaders, you can't come on your own, you have to come with your leadership team, and you embark on a programme over two years, meeting roughly once every six months for a couple of days, and discussing issues surrounding your strategy as a church. And we're just before the break, uh, Chris was sharing the, some of the issues that have uh, uh, come up time and time again for the leaders, that of culture change, purpose setting, how to develop new leaders, changing old leaders, uh, and the whole context of mission uh, in, a, in a community where, where, which is based um, uh, of those uh, issues Chris have any uh, are any more prominent in the kind of things that people bring or are they roughly equal
1: I think it depends very much on the individual church I mean of course some churches that come have actually been working hard on some of these things as well and they just need to refine them and to be exposed to other stories um, I have to say that the, the whole purpose set in, we call it the why question, is the most significant thing that we have uh, come across, in a sense. Because, uh, you know, you could actually break it down to saying there's God's why. Um, what is God's why for your church? Uh, there's the leaders' why. Why do your leaders think that, that, that we're here? Uh, there's the congregation or the, the, the members' why. Why do they come? Why do they think it's here? And then there's the outside world, so to speak, the community's Why? And uh, if you think of those in sort of different arrows pointing different directions, the only one that actually matters is the, is the top one, really, is that why, what is God's why? And all the other arrows need to come into line, really. So, that, uh, But they don't, of course. And often people are quite consumerist in the church and they think it's about me and what I want. Uh, we had quite an interesting one in terms of thinking of the community's why. I had a church in one of our groups a while back, a large church, And they said, oh, yes, our community know exactly why we're here. And, uh, you know, we're a a, a beacon of light and... uh." And the next time they came, six months later, the vicar came to me and said, I, I need to apologise to you. I said, oh, I'm sure, sure you don't. And he says, yes, yes. I, I was uh, very belligerent, saying that the community thought uh, uh, knew why we were here. We did a bit of research, said, and we found that 50% of the community, community thought we were a carpet warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a bit of a uh, yeah. wake-up call for them, really, on that.
0: Well, indeed, I, I, I recall um, a church in Bournemouth that found that within a mile radius... Something like ninety percent of the people they asked did not know they were there at all. Yeah. <laughs> so as a as a building, yeah, yeah, I mean that's
1: very common. And of course, uh, it, it, that that differs depending on the type of church. I mean, if you're a church that meets in a school, then you understand that nobody would necessarily know you are there. Whereas if you're, a, you know, an Anglican church, for instance, or a Baptist church that's got a, a presence on the high street, then that that's you know that ought to be different, really.
0: Have there been any kind of a little bit of off off beam kind of issues that people have brought that you thought crumbs that's i wouldn't i 've never expected that
1: um, I, I suppose to some extent uh that they have we we do a retreat um as part of this just for the senior leaders and we go away for twenty four hours and uh that isn 't so much strategic that 's really more um, caring i suppose for the spiritual needs of the the leaders um and they'll share and, and come back and I'm, well, I suppose I'm less surprised actually having done this for a while now than I used to be, but some of the issues are significant that they, they bring. Um, a lot of leaders are very, very worn down, uh, very lonely, isolated. Some uh, just uh, wish they could get out and don't know how to do so. Um, but often it's just because they've just become isolated. And one of the things we try to do is to strengthen the whole idea of team and accountability and that's why we work over a two-year period with people because it makes them accountable saying this is what you said you'd do how are you getting on with it you know and uh, that seems to help uh, folk in those areas and are are church
0: leaders optimistic about what they might achieve within the two years uh, typically or you know do they expect too much
1: Yeah, I think so. I I mean, I think we have, that's been our problem, actually, uh, leading Lead Academy is that we thought two years we'll see massive change. Well, you just realise that when people come to the end of a two-year period with us, they're just about beginning in some ways to address the the real issues. Um, So culture change, for instance, takes a long time. It's, uh, you know, we so easily default back uh, to what we've always done, the way we've done it round here. You know, and you can get a strong leader that stands up front and shares the vision and saying, "Guys, we're going this way." You know, come with me, and and everyone says, "Yeah, that's where we need to go." We'll go that way. As soon as you take the foot off the accelerator, or the leader leaves, or goes on sabbatical, or so, then the danger is, if the culture hasn't changed, everything will revert back to the way. It was. So that takes a long time. And that goes back to the whole why question. If people understand why we are doing what we're doing, they may not like it from a personal point of view, but they say, now I understand what we're trying to do. And uh, therefore, you know, know, I'm happy to, to change as a result.
0: Well, I was going to ask you, what what you've learned from listening to the variety of churches, is, is the, the speed of change one of those things? Um, maybe there are other things as well.
1: Yeah, the, the speed of change is certainly one thing. I think the other thing that's really emphasised, or been emphasised to, to me, is the whole um, issue of being programme-driven in, in churches. I just had an email from a church yesterday, actually. It was considering coming on one of our groups and said, oh, I don't think we can do this. We've got so many programmes running and we just can't add another hmm. thing, which I understand. But the, the answer to that quite probably um, is you've got too many programmes running. And uh, especially as churches get larger, um, then it, it's easy to keep on adding programmes. It's very difficult to stop a programme. Um, but again, if, you, if you're clear of this is why we do what we do, it's like a plumb line, you know? And th- so the plumb line... Uh, goes right the way down and say, does everything we do fit into this? But if it's a tangent to the plumb line, you say, well, maybe that may be a good thing, but maybe we should not be doing that. And so I think that uh, we really do need to tackle this one of saying, is what we do the most effective uh, uh, way of actually reaching our community? And I think that, that's that been a big issue that we've had to do. With. I think the, uh, another one is the whole issue of uh, the confusion between governance and ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, so that um, so much of time in leaders groups is taken up with what we would call governance issues, like the fabric of the building or dealing with, you know, if you've got a number of staff, HR matters or whatever it may be. And uh, therefore, there's no energy or time left to be creative, to listen to guards, to share vision, to implement. And so that needs often be separated out to different different groups of leaders uh, to be effective.
0: I've I've heard people talk about this kind of approach to leadership, and uh, they've said things like, "Well, this is all a bit too driven for me." Um, you know, you you believe in a kind of a, intentional leadership, you know, and and actually that the Holy Spirit's at work amongst us, and we want to sit back and see what He's doing, and not be quite as um, as as frantic as as you seem to be. You may have heard that kind of comment yourself. Uh, what what would you say to those kind of folk?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I understand that that there are those that say that, saying, you know, we want to be led by the Holy Spirit and we would absolutely 100% agree we want to be led by the Holy Spirit but, it's, but leadership is a very biblical concept and, uh, and leadership that is plural what is quite hard to justify is leadership that is singular um, from scripture um, you know, Jesus sent people out uh, in twos and in groups and, um, in 70 and he, he worked with, with groups and our heart is to work with teams that can then uh, release the ministry In the life of the church, it is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, not to just do the work of ministry. So uh, I think leadership is a very biblical and um, healthy way to, to grow a church, but it should not be as a hierarchy in any sense it needs to be bottom up really and releasing people to do the work of ministry and to really move away from the whole one man one woman uh, ministry which is still prevalent in so many churches and uh, can be extremely unhealthy actually.
0: I think it was Bill Hybels who said that it's the job of the leader to define reality and uh, certainly a recent survey by the Evangelical Alliance suggested that two-fifths of the population believe that Jesus is a myth He's not a real historical figure. I mean, does that surprise you? And and that you know gives a reality to the kind of work that you're doing in terms of helping our churches to be missional to reach those kind of folk for whom the conversation we've had would be meaningless because they they don't think there's anything real there.
1: That's right. I mean in 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 some ways it, in some ways it does surprise me. Uh, I have no reason to doubt that that figure. But um, you know when you just from just from a, um, an intellectual viewpoint, um, there is something like ten times more secular evidence that Jesus existed than Julius Caesar existed, for instance, and yet I, you don't hear anybody um, doubting doubting that. Um, but of course, we, we live in a very different society uh, these days. You know, I mean, I grew up at a time when uh, at school we 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 learned the Ten Commandments at, at, in our in our school I, and. You know, our religious education was that we did a little bit on comparative religion, and of course, absolutely, we need to be doing all of that to, today uh, and to learning about the society around us. But actually, what it's meaning is that we're becoming devoid of um, uh, an ingrained understanding of uh, the, the Christian ethos that much of this country has been built on. So that makes our job, in some ways, harder. But it does open up new opportunities as well as, um, you know, we can get a voice in in, uh, in different ways. And ultimately, people need to see lives that are changed. It's not just um, an intellectual argument that's going to change someone. It is by relationship, isn't it? So, you know, that's the way forward.
0: OK, so imagine I'm a, I'm a leader. I'm listening. I'm thinking, yeah, we need as a staff to... To, to come on the something like lead academy what would be the the kind of steps that would take how 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 soon could we be involved in something you're doing uh, Where 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 would we make contact
1: yeah well we have a website which is uh leadacademy.net and uh, the contact details are all on there and uh, uh, usually churches just email us to, to, to start with um Uh, we run groups all over the country actually these days Uh, we have a base in Oxford that we run some central ones but quite often it'll be when we gather a a potential group together, then we will say okay we've got six, eight churches here that we think would really work well together let's find a time when we can um, start something with this group and uh, so we'd work with the group quite a bit beforehand and finding out about the church and what would work most effectively for them, often do a visit or certainly be on the phone or sometimes we do a taster day as well and we can invite people along too. Um, Typically it would take about six months probably from an initial contact to Uh, getting people linked into a group but uh, contact us through the website and the
0: size of church
1: Uh, that varies considerably we working with uh, we've got several groups of churches of over a thousand uh, so large ones we've also worked with um, churches that are multi-parish benefices in the anglican uh, uh, system and um, uh, often it's a mid-sized sort of church hundreds to 150 that is a real sticking point for many they'll stay at that level for many many years not, not necessarily the same people because you have to lead in a different way uh, to grow beyond that so they often can benefit greatly um, between one and two hundred but um, yeah it varies to be honest well
0: thank you chris so much it's been great to, to chat with you so those details again uh leadacademy.net if you want to get in touch with lead academy and chris particularly so thank you so much
1: my pleasure it's lovely to be with you and do log on to premier's
0: website you know the uh, the details premier.org.uk you can find the leadership file and find this uh, recording in due course i look forward to your company again next sunday at 3 30 thanks for tuning in